Oh, hello, Internet. Didn't see you over there. Come on, take a seat over here. Uh, just right next to me. It's fine. It's big, luxurious space. It's good to see you today. You uh, have just stumbled onto the inaugural episode of a new podcast that we are calling Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast. And uh, my name is Justin, who is here in the internet studio with me today. It's me, Madison. All right. I am on one coast of the United States of America, and uh, you are on the other coast, which is why we called the show that. The other part of the title, of course, Kingdom Hearts. That is what we are here to discuss this week and every week. The Kingdom Hearts series is a uh, video game series, uh, which you probably already know about if you're listening to this podcast. I can't really see why you would be here otherwise, but just in case you're not, just in case you kind of fell through a hole and uh, ended up here, Kingdom Hearts is a video game series that's been around for um, about 16 years now. It is a a Japanese role-playing game series that was originally released for the PlayStation 2, but the uh, games for it have come out on a bunch of different things. Game Boy Advance, the Nintendo DS, the PlayStation Portable, and they are uh, kind of an odd mix, uh, literally a mix of the the worlds of Squaresoft's uh, and later Square Enix's Final Fantasy series and Disney. And uh, that's what we're here to discuss. So we are basically going to go through the series with you, dear listener, over the course of a number of episodes and basically we're we're gonna look at it and think about kind of what it is now what it was then and kind of kind of try to to sort out what we think of it at this point in time and what would you like to say madison as as kind of like an initial statement on the series what do you think of it at this point in your life so at this point in my life, Kingdom Hearts, I guess, has been around for over half of it, which is pretty weird to think about. Yeah. I don't know if you remember when Kingdom Hearts was first announced at E3 in 2001. I actually do, yeah. You do. I wasn't really following video game news at that time. I subscribed to Game Informer the year afterward, which was my first uh, foray into the official video game news. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, the, really, you, you subscribe to the one source. magazine that's still around, so you know. Hey, so that's a pretty good props to you yeah. for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I re- I definitely remember hearing about it before it was announced, and I remember at the time I think there was a lot of anger about Kingdom Hearts. Do you do you remember that? I, I think people were more bemused than anything else, really. I don't think there was a lot of anger. Because, um, okay, this is one of the things that makes Kingdom Hearts kind of interesting as, as both, like, uh, a game series itself, but also as sort of, like, a weird sort of barometer of, like, tastes and feelings in video games and pop culture over the course of its life. It was announced and ultimately came out because it it actually this is an interesting thing thinking about it now in relation to like when you know these days how how the kind of process usually goes for like a game getting announced and then you know teased over a long period of time and then released kingdom hearts actually came out like you said you know a year or so after the announcement it wasn't a long right there wasn't a whole lot of uh Tension. No, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there, there wasn't a tremendous amount of buildup, I guess you would say. Yeah. Which is interesting, but I, I think that 
so like when it came out, Squaresoft was riding pretty high. You know, they just come off of doing a bunch of stuff that people really, really liked in the kind of PlayStation One era. And they had started the PlayStation 2 era relatively strongly, at least very prominently, I would say. You know, they had a launch game for it. They had the Bouncer, which is a ridiculous game, but it was kind of a technical showcase. They had Final Fantasy X, which was kind of just around the corner when when Kingdom Hearts got announced. They were doing the Final Fantasy movie, which basically ended up being a disaster, but people didn't really know that it was going to be that at the time. I think they liked it at the time. Some people liked it. It was never, you know, it was it was not a financial success. I'll say that. It was the best video game movie there had been so far. Probably true. Probably true. But, like, because of all that, I think people, at least in my experience, this could be just kind of anecdotal, were kind of just willing to be like, okay, let's see how this will go. Like, there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, man, why the hell are they making this Disney game? It was, all right, this is a weird choice. <laughs> oh, see, I do, I do remember reading online that sort of thing. I mean, I, I am sure it existed. I, I personally didn't experience a lot of that myself. I don't know exactly what I thought of it at the time. I think that my reaction was basically what I just said, you know? Um, it was basically, like, okay, this is strange, but... I'm kind of fascinated by it. Like I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of interested in what this is going to be because okay, so like one of the things that I think is going to be really interesting about this show and that I I think is pretty key to my own understanding of or, or my own kind of reaction to Kingdom Hearts when it eventually came out was kind of the place where I was at the time with consuming like pop culture stuff. Which was, I was a teenager, and I was, you know, kind of old enough that I had basically, like, being a Disney fan in 2001, 2002 was super not a cool thing for, like, a teenager to be. And at some point, I had basically rejected Disney and pretty much every other piece of like American animation that I could think of in in favor of anime because anime was hot it was cool it was it was it felt very very kind of countercultural and rebellious to be like really into anime uh, which right. is a really funny thing to think about <laughs> something that was on Cartoon Network every day for several hours in the middle of the afternoon but it did feel that way to me and you know so like here suddenly was this thing in Kingdom Hearts that was basically like kind of merging Disney, the thing that I thought was super uncool and completely not a thing I wanted to be into with the thing I was very into, which was, you know, Japanese role-playing games and like anime aesthetics and stuff. And, and there was definitely a part of me looking back that really kind of wanted, you know, a way back into the Disney stuff and that this sort of felt like it was like kind of bridging a divide for me and i i think it did feel that way ultimately for a lot of people oh definitely yeah. and and i don't know what you think of it because you were younger than me right i was 12 years old when uh when kingdom hearts came out well no you you would have been you would have been 10 actually right oh no i was 10 that's right when it when it actually came out so i was not definitely was not a teenager at the time so you were like a kid kid I was like a real kid. I was like I, I was like in my last year of elementary school. 
so were you were you actually like did you like disney stuff at that point like were you still in the the age group where disney was you know was just like everywhere for you you know i don't remember it being that way and i'm pretty sure at the time i was actively hostile to disney and that sort of thing interesting okay this is kind of a really silly in retrospect, but I don't know if you remember when I was a kid, I actually refused to watch any TV station other than Cartoon Network. I don't remember that. <laughs> I do remember that that was basically all we watched. We we are siblings, by the way. I'm not just like a person that that like knew knew you. Just a kid friend. Just a kid friend. Just that's <laughs> that's fine. I guess no it's weird if it's not whatever whatever no internet we grew up together we grew up together uh, but yeah so but I was like very much like a tomboy and I hung out with older kids so I didn't want anyone to think that like I liked kids I, I, mean, I remember Disney. you were super into Princess Mononoke yeah that was my favorite thing but yeah so basically like you did not have any it sounds like any affinity for disney at that point right no and for the next like few years after i did like kingdom hearts i would go around telling people that the only reason i liked any disney stuff after that was because of kingdom hearts i think a lot of us used that line <laughs> at the time you know it's funny because going back to sort of like how i felt about the game when it came out it, it was interesting because like i remember the announcement and i remember thinking huh that's weird and kind of interesting and then i didn't think that much about it for a while after that i remember i watched like some gameplay videos of it uh which i had to like download because there was no like streaming video on the internet when it came out in Japan, which was, you know, some months before it came out in America, and I read impressions of it that, like, journalists or whatever that had imported the game had, and I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting, I guess. And then I also, I, I didn't really think about it very much until basically like the week before the game came out in America and suddenly I was like oh man I have got to get that game like day one did we have a PS2 we must have because we played Final Fantasy 10 yeah we did have a PS2 we'd had a PS2 for like some a few months at that point basically okay yeah basically I was all in on it from like the second it was like in my hands and I played through it really hardcore, like, without stopping, basically. Over, you know, it took me a little while to get through it, I guess. I wasn't super great at the game. But I played through it, you know, basically without having any kind of a lull, where usually when I play, like, a longer game, I kind of stop playing at some point and then come back to it later, like, a couple months later or something, and, and finish it. Um, that didn't really happen with that. I did all of the secret stuff that it was possible to do in it so that I could get the super special secret ending. And then we went on vacation to see relatives. I showed like our cousins the game and then we played through it again uh, like a week after I finished watching it uh, after, after I finished playing it, we played through it entirely again and it was still fine. Like I was still into it. Like I didn't get sick of it over that time. Yeah, yeah, and I um I remember actually after we did that I also played through it again. I hadn't really watched you play through it the first time, I don't think. There was a, a lot of times back then when I would just watch you play games. But I do remember Kingdom Hearts being like 
probably the first game I beat from first start to finish playing on my own. That's pretty rad. Like Yeah, so it like has a special place in my that's heart. That's cool. I uh remained kind of really into it basically up through the release of Chain of Memories, which was the sort of like interquill they made for the Game Boy Advance and then through the release of Kingdom Hearts 2. And unfortunately Kingdom Hearts 2 uh which I also followed like obsessively you know the news about it and stuff and i got it the day it came out i stayed up all night playing it i beat it in about a week and uh i wasn't ultimately i i was kind of cold on it i i wasn't as big a fan of kingdom hearts 2 as i wanted to be and after that my focus my my sort of like interest in the series kind of waned so I never played there there were multiple other games that were released after that for several different systems most of which I owned and I didn't really play any of them and I'm saying that because I want to kind of make it clear that basically like the position we're coming at this from that I'm coming at this from certainly and I I don't want to speak for you but the position I'm coming at this from is when going back to these games I am not approaching them as kind of like a hardcore fan of the series, but I I have a tremendous amount of affection for it and for the idea of it, basically, of this like kind of strange mix of different like kind of aesthetics and this sort of like increasingly spiraling giant story that I want to learn about. I want to see what I think of it now at this point in my life and uh, I'm not I, I don't want anyone to think that this podcast is a thing that exists to make fun of Kingdom Hearts that's definitely not what I'm in for and I don't think it's what you're here for either no no way but we're also not I, I'm also not approaching this as kind of like a a you know kind of person who's deep in the Kingdom Hearts fandom like I, I'm not a person who has extensive knowledge of like kind of the lore and of all of the sort of um of like basically like the discourse of that fandom i have no idea what happens in any of those other games like i'm sort of an outsider on it, it sounds like you are too I've, i loved kingdom hearts too it was like my favorite game but somehow i didn't even play chain of memories i mean did you have a gba I, I did. You did. Okay. I will say I didn't finish Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories because the the boss fight with Captain Hook was monstrously unfair feeling. I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I didn't finish that one. Well, hopefully we'll make it there in this podcast. Luckily, so just to set up what we are actually doing... What we would like to do with this podcast is we are going to start with the original Kingdom Hearts, uh, the Final Mix version specifically, and we will be playing through essentially a section of the game every week and talking about it. And you can play along with us. We'll always be very clear about what part of it we're going to play next. And we're going to treat this kind of like a book club, essentially, where we will play through it individually and then we'll come back with our thoughts and we'll have, I think, a pretty interesting discussion about what we've played and how the experience of playing it now matches up or doesn't match up to what we thought of it back when we originally played it. We're playing this game and 
if we finish this game and decide to go further, which I think we will, we're playing this game and, and the other games in the series on the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 HD collection for the PlayStation 4, which, like, I'm not here to make fun of Kingdom Hearts, but Jesus, that's a ridiculous name for a thing. That's basically Kingdom Hearts 4, right? <laughs> 1.5 plus 2.5? That's not a thing they should have... Like, 3 isn't out yet. Like, that's not the way they should have they should have named that. But that does mean that we have access to a version of Chain of Memories, which is Chain of, Chain of Memories Recoded, I think is what it's called. But it's basically the PS2 remake of Chain of Memories. From what I understand, it's got the same gameplay, but it's got some more cutscenes. It's got some more cutscenes, and it's all redone with, like, po- uh, polygonal graphics and voice acting, so it's more in line presentation-wise with, like, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. And we're going to be playing these in the release order, so we're not going to be starting with the prequel, Birth by Sleep. We're going to be starting with the original Kingdom Hearts and going forward, and because of that, Birth by Sleep would essentially be the last game, the last full game we would play in in this before getting to the very modern stuff. Because there actually is a bit of new Kingdom Hearts out there already. There was a essentially like prelude to Kingdom Hearts 3 that was released on the most recent collection of Kingdom Hearts, the like 2.8 collection which had the 3DS game Dream Drop Distance and like a movie, like a three-hour cutscene, basically, and then a playable chapter using the Kingdom Hearts 3 engine and gameplay, basically, starring one of the characters from Birth by Sleep. So I haven't touched that. Haven't really seen much of it. Kingdom Hearts 3 is out in about six months. I have no... I do not think we're going to get through this. I, I don't think we're going to make it by the time that, that comes would be out. Ri- that would be ridiculous. <laughs> that would be absolutely ridiculous. But I, I think that uh, I'm just excited to get started with this. I, I think that, you know, Kingdom Hearts is worth doing uh, this kind of deep dive, <laughs> deep dive exploration of because it's it's kind of in the middle of a bunch of different things. It's, you know, a thing that the both of us kind of, you know, have very fond memories of from very specific times in our lives. And it's in the very much in the middle of kind of like the last days of sort of like Disney's really big resurgence from the nineties. And the, the point in time where Squaresoft kind of started to become something else. And it's they're weird games like the first game is genuinely a very strange thing that i think is really cool i think all those like really odd angles that you get from this like collision of disney and squaresoft are are really fascinating and i think it's i'm really looking forward to talking about it with you definitely they're they're weird games for sure but they're very likable they're very likable and they're very genuine which i think is something that like people uh, you know i I think a lot of a a lot of people like that don't really i don't know that don't really like kingdom hearts or don't really get why people like it are kind of puzzled by its sort of continued popularity and i think that very like sincere core to them 
is actually a big part of why people have continued to be fans of this series for such a long period of time, even when there wasn't really like a new entry in it for, you know, a number of years. And I, I think that there's a lot to like in definitely in the first game. And I hope as we kind of move on that we'll discover you know some interesting angles and in the other games as well so i don't know do you do you have any kind of hopes going into this about like sort of what the experience of playing these games again is going to be like you know i just want to play these games again i really like them yeah i think that's it's been a long time that's important right you know i started up the intro screen and you know it it plays the music and stuff and i i love that music it's very good music yeah that that opening sequence mm-hmm. it, it like you know there's not too many things that make me nostalgic i gotta say but i guess kingdom hearts is really one of them it really makes me remember when i was younger having a lot of time to play video games and it all seeming so new especially at the time like being an action rpg and being this like weird you know um transformative fiction work yeah, with right. the different universes coming together it was all extremely novel to me as a as a 10 year old given that it was still pretty novel to me as you know um, like a mid-teenager i i can't imagine how much more sort of like wild and just kind of like mind-blowing it would have been to to you if that's like kind of one of your first major experiences with that sort of you know long form video game yeah, because I'd played, you know, I'd, I'd watched you and our cousins play the Final Fantasy games and, like, Breath of Fire and stuff, and those are all great, but, like, you don't get to really run around and, it's true, yeah. and whack stuff in those. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I, I think that um, having kind of played through, like, the first bit of Kingdom Hearts again, uh, after not having played it in a number of years yeah like the combat just whacking stuff with the giant key feels really good like feels it feels great. really like i feel like that's a very like the feel of you know that combat and like just the feel of like moving around in those worlds it's pretty underrated really you know i think it made a big difference in how um how video games how that sort of long-form jrpg were made because we've seen more and more of that type of game adopt the action rpg style for sure yeah rather than like the turn-based style is pretty much uh petered out yeah to some extent i mean it's you know it's it's actually interesting we're recording this just as the news has come out that uh the number one game uh in sales for the month of july of this year uh, it was actually Octopath Traveler, which is a Nintendo Switch exclusive RPG that is very much like an old school, like turn-based Final Fantasy style game. Like it's like no way, yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's still around. Well, everything balances out. Everything balances out, but yeah, I feel like if you look at like, I think that in large part, what you're saying is definitely true. I mean, if you look at even like, you know, Final Fantasy 15 is, you know, a game with like a real time action combat battle system. And, you know, that's Final Fantasy. Like, right. It got in there. I think this is going to be really cool, personally. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I did want to talk a little bit about the development of Kingdom Absolutely, Hearts because yeah. um, we talked a little bit about our reactions to it, the whole concept of it, 
but I've done a little bit of research, you know, and I found it really interesting to find out what the people in Square and and in Disney as well were thinking about the game while they were making it. Yeah, uh, what did you what did you find out? It's funny that you you say that it like appealed to you that they merged the Disney and Final Fantasy concepts because if you kind of look at old interviews, it almost seems like a cynical move by Square uh-huh. to put in these Disney characters. They were saying at the time that they really wanted to make like some sort of action RPG like open world thing but they didn't have any big name characters the way Super Mario 64 has Mario. Sure, yeah. And that they don't they don't have any characters with that draw. If only they had Mickey Mouse or something <laughs> like that. And they they were like, "Well, what if we got Mickey Mouse?" I I guess Kingdom Hearts is a little bit famous for being the result of a literal elevator pitch because um at the time in in Japan, Disney and Square shared an office building. Oh, okay. And one of the people who would go on to produce um, Kingdom Hearts, who was a a high-level executive at Square, met up with another executive from Disney in the elevator after they'd had this conversation and said, hey, what if we make a video game for you? Wouldn't that be great? And Disney was like, okay, go for it. (laughs) And it's really funny because it seems like at the time, if if you see statements from like Mr. Nomura, who was the director of the game, he was saying things like Disney didn't really give us any direction right, right. on how we should handle these characters, but we thought we should stay true to the original source material, Well, even if it ended up a little darker. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly, like, so for, for an understanding of um, kind of what the Japanese perspective on Disney was, and I guess still is, I think it's interesting to look at kind of the example of uh, the Disney theme parks in Japan, uh, the the Tokyo Disney Resort, because, okay, so it's the early 80s, right? And this company called the Oriental Land Company comes to Disney and they're like, hey, what if we made a Disney park in Japan? And they essentially, Disney had been, Disney was like, well, we've never done anything like this before, but okay, we'll work with you on it. And the Disney park in Japan, the the Disney resort in in Tokyo is different from every other Disney property around the world because Disney does not actually own it. Uh, The Oriental Land Company does. And essentially Disney franchised out the characters and all of their kind of creative talents and all of that. Uh, all of their everything to the Oriental Land Company, but the Oriental Land Company funds everything and, you know, is is essentially the owner of that. And so when Disney started getting plans together for their Tokyo Disneyland, they were talking to the Oriental Land Company and they were like, okay, so, you know, we're going to try to, you know, really sort of adapt Disney and the places and ideas that, you know, make up Disneyland the, the Magic Kingdom specifically, I guess, to, to to Japan. And the Oriental Land Company was like, no, don't do that. We want it to be Disney, exactly as it would be uh... in America if somebody was going to the Walt Disney World Resort and going to the Magic Kingdom because that is what the Japanese people want. They don't want something <laughs> that's been changed to be more Japanese. They want Disney. And so that's what they did. And the resort was a huge success. They were completely right. And I think it's interesting to think about that in relation to Kingdom Hearts. um, Because 
yeah, okay, there's definitely a big sort of reinterpretation of a lot of the Disney worlds to make them all fit into kind of the larger setup of Kingdom Hearts, and there's some really cool use of things like the Disney villains as essentially Squaresoft RPG villains, but they're very on point with making sure that, definitely. that everything in it is up to snuff as far as being like representations of the Disney things that are in it. It's really funny. I mentioned that in these old interviews, they t they said that the stories ended up darker in the video game than they were in the movies. I don't really agree. I don't either, actually. The movies are pretty dark, and the game is quite optimistic. Yeah, I actually agree with you there, um, for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, I think that one of one of the things that has made you know me uh, that that I've really enjoyed about Disney as I've gotten older and looked at it is there's there's a lot of like a lot of those movies have some pretty some pretty rough things going on under the surface some pretty like kind of dark stuff in them that is to some extent it's in it's in Kingdom Hearts but a lot of the the stories in in as they're presented in Kingdom Hearts feel in a way a little bit more sort of i don't know glossy or or like they've actually had some of the edges sanded off i agree like you don't get like you know the villains they don't like die in kingdom heart it's really like except for clayton clayton definitely dies Okay, but in in the movie Tarzan, Clayton like he gets, hung. gets hanged. Yeah, he gets he gets hanged by the vines. That's grisly. I think you just like sort like you kill him in the game. How does it work out? I don't know. I think he just beat the big chameleon. He gets thing. eaten by he gets eaten by Heartless. Yeah, right? I think so. Probably. Yeah. But like in these Disney movies, usually the villain like gets killed by the universe or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a little more sense of agency in the game. Yeah, I think so. And I guess that's just that's part of just like how how video games work is it's generally, you know, the the player character is is basically responsible for whatever's happening in the game. So I guess that in a way like the you know, Sora has to be a little more responsible for whatever happens in the various Disney worlds that he goes to, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that because I I do think you're right about that. That being said, there is some genuinely, which we'll talk about more next next time when we get into actually like specifically discussing the first part of this game. There is a very kind of weird and and frankly sort of unsettling tone to a lot of the stuff in like the first the the first you know couple of hours of of the first Kingdom Hearts game. That I, I think is is it's interesting because it is it, it's stuff that's mostly kind of out of the it, or rather it's it's in the wheelhouse of like the way that a fair few SquareSoft RPGs start. Yeah, it's like genre standard for a JRPG. But it is also filtered through this much sort of more kind of whimsical Disney-ish um, feel that makes it a lot spookier than it would be otherwise that's, that's I think. a good point and Sora's also the main characters are also a little younger than the than the standard jrpg protagonist Sora's meant to be 14 in these games which is which is pretty serious stuff for a 14 year old to be handling that's pretty young i i think the youngest that the main characters in the final fantasy games get is i i think that they're supposed in in like final fantasy 7 i think cloud is 18 19 
He's young. Zidane in Final Fantasy IX, I think, is seventeen or eighteen. Okay, right? yeah, that's that's, and I think that's pretty much on the young end of yeah, uh, of of you know the age range for for the main characters in a Final Fantasy game. I guess that a couple of the main characters in Final Fantasy twelve are pretty young. You know, I think Vaughn and Pinello in that game are supposed to be like fifteen or sixteen, but even then, they're surrounded by adults. And they're dealing with a very, like, kind of adult world. But, yeah, in Kingdom Hearts, um, it is pretty much just the kids that are... I mean, I guess Donald and Goofy are grown adults, but they're also Donald and Goofy. I mean, Donald's married or something, so... They got jobs. Or something, yeah. They got real jobs. Like, Goofy is some kind of, like... I think he's, like, the director of, like, the castle guards at that castle. Yeah, he's castle. the captain of the guard or yeah, something. Yeah, and, like, that's a lot of responsibility for that strange dog man to have. For a goofy goof? Yeah. For sure. I mean, in Goof Troop, I think he just worked at, like, a photo booth at, like, a Sears. Well, he was raising his a son on his own, so gotta do something. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, like, that seems like the level of responsibility <laughs> that would be kind of better suited to to goofy but probably I'm, I'm joking goofy's great he, he's yeah. great he does a great job he does it's true he does his best yeah and we're gonna do our best too that's right every time <laughs> every time i I, th- I think that that that's everything i wanted to say by way of like kind of an intro you know we'll we'll discuss some more stuff when we come back next time uh we'll discuss some more stuff about like kind of the general concept for the game and then we'll get into the the first big block of the game basically so destiny islands and traverse town that's right destiny islands and traverse town are the the areas that we are going to be discussing in uh the next episode of the show so join us back next time for that and if you'd like to play along your kind of end point for traverse town is a pretty clean stopping point and we're not going to go any further than that so if you have a couple of hours and access to the game go ahead and uh go go ahead and and jump in and and see what you think of it whether you've played it before or not and i guess that's it so until next time uh i'm justin and i'm madison i'm ready to play this game let's get to it (laughs) (laughs) that was the goofy voice did you like that? i loved it it's great i'm not gonna do it donald Thank you for listening to this episode of Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast. Our intro and outro feature the song Trinity by T. Spiro on ocremix.org. To contact the show, send us an email at kingdomheartsc2c at gmail.com with the numeral 2. Or follow us on Twitter at khcoast2coast, again with the numeral 2. Remember to subscribe. And join us again next time as we begin our adventure on Destiny Islands.